1: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what is happening everybody? It is game day and you should be excited for game day, especially against the Golden Knights. We just played one rival in the Red Wings, which I still get up for. I know some of you might be too young to remember when the Red Wings were rival numero uno for the San Jose Sharks, but we go from one rivalry to the next rivalry. And then if you look ahead on the schedule, uh, the LA Kings are in town on the 20th, or excuse me, on the 19th. So we get to play them as well. So we get all sorts of rivalry games coming up here in the near future for the San Jose Sharks. But the San Jose Sharks, since they started winning, after the 0-11 starts, they are 8-7-1. and 1. That is 500 hockey and one point above 500 hockey because they have been able Uh, to get that shootout loss to Montreal, a game they should have won. So right now, the San Jose Sharks are playing good hockey, for lack of a better term. They're not playing great hockey, not going to go that far, but they're playing a respectable brand of hockey. They are improving week over week, month over month, and now we get to feel pretty excited about what's coming up because they have uh, the game today against Vegas. Then they are going to be hosting Winnipeg, on Tuesday night, before they go back out onto the road, they're going to be hosting, uh, air, excuse me, they're going to be on the road in Arizona on the 15th. Then they're at Colorado before they're back home for two against LA and Arizona. Then they are going to be at Vancouver. Then they are going to be at LA before they're back home to host Edmonton. And then they get a New Year's Eve game against the abs which i feel like last year was that no i guess it was dallas last year on new year's eve if i recall correctly um and then finally they get a little bit of an extended home game situation home against the red wings home against winnipeg and home against um the maple Leafs on the other side of the new year so right now the sharks are uh you know, they're, they're dealing with the season as it comes, and that's what it takes. You got to deal with everything on the schedule. But, you know, I, I don't know where this team will be when all is said and done. I, I know uh, I read Curtis Pichelka, who I have tremendous respect for and believe uh, most of what he says in, in terms of his views on things. Um, and he said for the Sharks, for anyone getting hopeful about the playoffs, they would have to play above 600 hockey for the rest of the year to get close to 90-ish points. Uh, of what it would take for them to get to that point. seems unlikely. I'll be the first to acknowledge that. seems unlikely. It's not impossible. Uh, but, you know, for anyone who's starting to get their hopes up too high, just remember what it would take. I'm not saying you can't get your hopes up. I'm not saying you can't be a big Sharks fan. I'm not saying you can't, you know, try and get things going and get excited for games. And I would like to see the Sharks improve. But for any of you hoping about playoffs, they'd have to be pretty phenomenal from this point off. They would have to be just, you know, outstanding for lack of a better term. So we will see where it goes from here. But the San Jose Sharks right now, uh, you get excited for the games. And you should get excited for today's episode because we have a great show coming up for you. We've got David Quinn. I spoke with him yesterday. Uh, He was in Vegas, got him in his hotel room. And I'm excited for you to hear this because I thought he had some good thoughts. David Quinn, we're lucky. He, He gives us some very, very good thoughts. He gives us some very, very good answers. He's very thoughtful He always wants to, you know, explain where he's coming from. And I thought that I was able to get some good answers out of him. So I'm excited for you to hear this. Um, So, yeah, here is my interview yesterday with David Quinn. All right. We now have joining us on the Sharks Audio Network. It is the head coach of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn. Uh, Coach, this is my first question for you, and it, it may be covering something you've already touched on have you tried telling your team that they don't have to go down by three or more before they come roaring back? It's one coaching philosophy I do believe in is not finding a multi-goal deficit. I'm I'm hoping you've espoused that to them as well.
0: Yeah. Building a Grand Canyon hole for yourself uh, <laughs> isn't the recipe for continued success. And if your goal is to kill your coach, they're doing a hell of a job of it. But um, just listen, I mean, you know, the other night was unique in so many ways. Uh, we actually, it's 4 nothing, and we all felt as a staff, we're playing good hockey, and it's mm-hmm. 4 nothing It's a 40-second barrage that really just bounces on, you know, just hockey, right? And then, you know, watching the game again, I didn't realize we scored our first goal with 5.50 to go in the period. I thought it was like at the 10-minute mark. And <laughs> to come back the way we did and just do it the way we did and just really is a testament to our players and their mindset and their togetherness and – just so many great things about that comeback win.
1: Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal win, uh the win of the season in my opinion, which is saying something because you guys had just had the win of the season two nights before that against the Islanders and really we saw, you know, kind of that same vein against the Rangers uh last Sunday when you guys were down 6-3 and then came roaring back. Obviously, we're watching the team grow before our eyes coach, but what are you seeing because obviously you have the most intimate view. You're watching it in practice. You're seeing it on the buses, on the planes, you know, back at the hotels. What, what is the big difference or is it, was it just a matter of, Hey, this was, this was going to come at some point.
0: Well, you can't think you're good. You can't be good unless you think you're good. And obviously our start really stripped us of any type of swagger or confidence uh, that we could have or should have. And, you know, you slowly earn it. You slowly get your way out of it. You start having better practices. You start winning some hockey games and all of a sudden, a bunch of guys that really have never played together before, even though they were in the same jerseys, doesn't mean you're a team. you got to evolve into a team. you got to pay the price to become a team. you got to have some highs and some lows. We started having a lot more highs than lows. And I think all of a sudden, you know, we look a lot better. We, we're better on our own end. We're better in the neutral zone. And we're better in the offensive zone. And, you know, I know we're giving up too many goals. It's, it's still something we really have to be more aware of. That being said, I liked our defensive mindset the other night in Detroit. I thought, you know, we looked better defensively, even though we gave that may sound crazy, even though we gave it five goals. But, you know, we've gotten so much better in so many areas that, you know, guys feel good about themselves. They feel good right. about their own visual performance and they feel good about their teammates' performances.
1: The, the one that really kind of gets me when I look back at what's happened in the last month, now, since the uh, the two games we do not speak of, as I like to call them, but, you know, you guys get those first two wins. You go out on the road. You have the losses against Anaheim and Vegas, but you were playing good hockey in both those games, and really everything since then has been fine. It's that one game against Seattle. Like, that's the one which is way more of the aberration. When you look at every game that preceded it and came after it, that's the one that makes no sense to me. Does that game now make even less sense to you when you look at how the team has really changed, um, you know, since that first win against Philadelphia?
0: Um, yes and no. You're going to, like, 82 games, and I know our start was what it was, you're going to have outlier games every now and then. Right? It's just just mm-hmm. happened. I look back. I probably would have done a few things differently leading into that game. and. I think we had beaten Seattle, uh, St. Louis on Tuesday. Probably should have given them the day off. I contemplated giving them Wednesday off and having a pregame skate on the day of the game, and I didn't. And we actually had a really good, high-paced 25-minute practice. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But it was just one of those nights. We just stunk. We stunk. And, <laughs> okay, you stink. What are you going to do about it the next night? And... We came back and played a much better hockey game and have played good hockey pretty much since then. I mean, you can't overreact every game. You can't. And, you know, obviously the two games where we give up a a 10 spot, I mean, you got to remain calm through these situations. And it's a journey and a process, and, you know, we're slowly digging ourselves out of the hole we created for ourselves.
1: You say you can't overreact, but – do you want to overreact in those moments? I mean, after the two bad games of the 10 spots, you were pretty cool. You were kind of like, Hey, let's, you know, brush it off. But you were more, you know, you ticked off after the Seattle game. That was the one time that you kind of said like, Hey, this is, you know, unacceptable and you let it be known. But I, I got to imagine like that's, you probably have that desire to react more greatly to every game, but you have to kind of tamp it down to you know pick your moments.
0: Well, I think it's having the pulse of your team and understanding, you know, where they're at and what they need. And, you know, after those two losses, the thing that, you know, the, the, the Vancouver game just got away from us. I mean, it's just one of those games where we give up power play goals early. We're down 4 nothing. You know, you're down 4 nothing and you're a 100 or whatever we were at the time. So, you know, that's what happened. Teams have been losing 8-1 this year. Ours happened to be 10-1. If those two games were anything but 10, you wouldn't have had half of the reaction to what the reaction was to those games. You just wouldn't have. So my job is to not react the way everybody else is. My job is to react where what are we going to do as a staff to put our team in the next best position to play good hockey? It's not. Mm -hmm. I can't pay attention to the way everybody else is reacting. My job is to react the way I need to react so we play better hockey.
1: I think everybody talks about coaching and they get so locked in, David, on the you know, the X's and O's and what you're saying about your F3 and what you're doing on the, you know, the kill and the power play. But to me, so much of that is the psychological game and it's completely overlooked. And you alluded to knowing how to read the room, but I'm sure there's moments where after, a, whether it's a tight loss or a bad loss or a good win, where you've got to go talk to a guy and you've got to get into his ear because I've seen it in practice. I, I won't name the player, but there was somebody who's doing a drill wrong and you, you know, Got, you put your hand up. He said, hey, hey, what are you doing? You got to do this. And the next time he did it right, and you were there right in his ear as his biggest cheerleader, giving him a pat on the back. Like, that's the stuff to me that is completely overlooked because everybody wants to focus on what, you know, what the schematics are, but they miss the human aspect of it.
0: Well, to me, in this day and age, that is the most important part of coaching, you know, especially at the National Hockey League level. I mean, it is it's so much more managing the players and, egos and you know having the ability to adapt from player to a player because you know we can be a, it, coaching can be a selfish profession you know you want to react the way will make you feel good and that's not what it's about it's about reacting the way the player needs you to react so he can be a better player and you know sometimes it's not what they want to hear mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's not the ice time they want to have but you know, people learn in different ways and in different timeframes.
1: It's true. And I think that's, you know, one of the hardest aspects is knowing how to, how to push those buttons. And obviously you've pushed the buttons, you know, in the last month, we've watched the team get better and better and better. You know, you talked about the defense um, being the one that maybe needs to tighten up a bit, but how much of this is, you know, you've got to play the game as it's presented to you, like against the Rangers, they try to open it up and I can see there being a moment where you think to yourself, okay, if we, if we don't match them, we could get pinned in our own M for forever. And so you start going back and forth with them. Um, And it seemed like that did get the offense rolling pretty well because it's been, you know, it's been consistently scoring since then. So do you just, do you have to look at each game as its own individual piece of work or is it, do you try to look at it as like, okay, this is what our trend is because I think, It can be both, right? Like each game is an individual, but also indicative of where things are with the team overall.
0: Well, we're going to play a much different game tomorrow night than we did against the Rangers, just completely different teams. And the funny thing is about the Ranger game, we actually quote unquote defended pretty well. Our problem was around our net and a lot of it was our forwards and turnovers. Mm -hmm. So, there's a lot that goes into defending. It's not just your D zone structure and defending, you know, your quadrant and ending one-on-ones There's other things that go into it. And we, you know, weren't good in those areas. And you may want to check and cover Panarin. If you're going to play the New York Rangers. <laughs> weren't really. That.
1: He's, he's pretty good. That, uh that wraparound goal that he had, uh, man, like I just, everyone knows it's coming and he, he still does it like that. That's the great players. When he does something like that, he is uh He's fun to watch. Um, looking ahead to Vegas, a game one of the year when you when we, you went up against them, I thought that we did a really good job against contesting pucks, getting in their faces, making life uncomfortable. Um, the most recent game there, they scored the two early goals, but then things really kind of settled down. And it looked more like that first game. Can you look at those two games previously and take a lot into it, or do you say, like, nah, that was – you know, early in the NHL season, we're in the middle of December now. It's hard to derive as much meaning from those. Or can you look at what worked and s- figure out where to go from there?
0: Well, we're a much different team than we were uh, in the first game. You know, first of all, I know Granlin played, but that mm-hmm. was a game that got hurt in the second shift, and he was a shadow of himself. It's one-to-one, I think, or two-to-one them, and they scored two goals within 30 seconds at the end of the second period, which really changed the complexion of the game up to that point. It was a pretty good hockey game. Yeah. And next night we played them here. It was back to back. We played Edmonton. They had lost three in a row. We just got off an incredibly emotional win against Edmonton. I didn't love our game. It was two nothing in the third period, but it really didn't feel like a two nothing game. I mean, and our power play let us down. Well, our power play is a lot better now. We're a lot better now. I'm excited to see how this looks tomorrow.
1: Yeah. No, my, myself as well. And then, you know, just to talk about your goalies it's weird seeing their numbers at times because it's not really in line with the play that both of them have exhibited out there on the ice, both Blackwood and and Capo. Like they're just trees get chopped down if they take enough blows. And I feel like that's been more of the instance with both those guys where it's, you know, it's not been on them. Granted the broadcast focuses on the goalie after every goal that's scored. So that's where people think, but it, it must be pretty nice for you to have both those guys have shown so much of their ability up to this course of the year. Like they've, there have been nights where they've stood on their head um, and they've been nights where they've just been completely sound and the team's been better around them. And it's nice knowing that both options are there for you, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it is. We feel very confident, both our goalies. And I like to point to you touched on. you look at the numbers and you may get fooled by them, but you know, our goalies have done a hell of a job and you know, we need to help them out a little bit more and we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. I mean, our mindset is changing a little bit. I think we're, managing pucks better. I think we're defending better. We certainly spent a lot less time in our end, mm-hmm. which is uh, helping a lot. So, you know, uh, but our goalies have been very good this year.
1: I think one of the most impressive things about this season for me was it was right before this road trip began. You're doing your post game presser with all of us and an outwalk. I think it was was Logan. It was Zadina. It was Ruda and Barbanov, who were all still injured, obviously, to get all those, but Logan back now. But at that point, that was when the team was turning it around and has continued to play better. And those are four guys we would have penciled into the lineup, no doubt, at the start of the season. You know, Logan's been out for the duration, but... You know, it's it's happened. The improvement in the midst of dealing with those injuries, like that, to me, whether it's Bailey coming up, whether it's Carpenter coming up and getting his opportunities, Thrun's up now once again. Like that, that's, that's got to make you feel good as well.
0: It really does. We've faced adversity from a winning and losing standpoint. We certainly have faced our fair share of adversity from an injury standpoint. And you know, to have this stretch here where we've been playing much better hockey. A record over 500 over our last 16, winning in the fashion we have, getting our first road win, scoring more goals. Certainly is a testament to our group and their mental toughness and resiliency.
1: Well, Coach, I will let you go. I know it's an off day, but I appreciate your time. Uh, Have uh, fun with the rest of your trip in Vegas, and we'll see you back here. All right, man? All right, Ted. Thanks. Again, that is the head coach of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn, who was nice enough to spend some time with me on his off day. Uh, that is not what I would recommend for many people because I am loud and I ask questions. Uh, but no, I, I think that you know the most important thing for the Sharks going into this game today is to continue what they've been doing offensively, playing with confidence. What David Quinn likes to say oftentimes is playing with a little bit of that swagger, uh, which was not there previously, but really has been since they got that first road win over uh, New Jersey. You know, They started off, they didn't play terribly uh, against a team like Boston. They lost 3-0, but then since then, A 6-3 win over the Devils, a 6-5 loss to the Rangers, a 5-4 win over New York, and a 6-5 come-from-behind win, just like the one against the Islanders uh, against Detroit. And so that's three wins in their last five on the road. That's a 3-2 road trip already. They have secured themselves a 500-road trip, and I'm feeling a little bit greedy. I would love to see the Sharks finish this road trip 4-2. If you lose to only Boston and... The Rangers, while you're on the East Coast in general, out of five games, that's a phenomenal trip. If you can also come back into your own time zone and take down a team like Vegas, man, that would push this into a very, very special territory for a road trip and I think would really be indicative of where the Sharks have been and where they continue to go. So I am excited for this game against Vegas. I'm excited to see everybody back out on the tank on Tuesday night when they host Winnipeg. And then I am excited to uh, be back in studio with Brody Brazil on the night of the 15th as the Sharks uh, will go onto the road and check out Arizona. So that's about all we've got time for today. Be sure to join me tomorrow morning for Morning Tide. I know that uh, we'll have a lot to get into out of this game against Vegas. And I know that, uh, you know, we're going to have a good game here against the Vegas Golden Knights tonight as the Sharks look to Uh, wrap up their road trip on a winning note and go for that 4-2 record join us at 6.30 for pregame coverage with Dan Rusinowski right here on the Sharks Audio Network and game time is 7 as the Sharks do take on the Knights for the San Jose Sharks I'm Ted Ramey signing off